Hello and welcome back to the Football Bunch Podcast. I am, of course, your host, John, and um, it is another one of my relegation roundup episodes. <coughs> Sorry. Um, I, I think I did one last Tuesday, I think it might have been. Um, but I did one last Tuesday, and on this, you know, on the relegation roundup here, we just round up um, the teams that are in danger. Um, we excluded obviously West Brom and Sheffield. Uh, they're, they're, I, I believe they're gone. Um, but we will be talking about uh, the likes. We'll be talking about Fulham, uh, Newcastle, Brighton, and Burnley. Sorry, not Burnley, Southampton. Now Burnley are actually above Southampton in the table. Burnley are fifteenth. Sorry, are below Southampton. Burnley are fifteenth. Southampton are fourteenth. Southampton are on a really, really poor streak of form, so, um, yeah, so, you know, that's, I do fear for Southampton a wee bit, but I think they probably will be okay, to be fair, but, the thing of the main one is really between, it's going to be either Newcastle or Brighton, unfortunately, sorry, yeah, um, I just think it's going to be Fulham, uh, you know, uh, I think Fulham will be fine, uh, it's Newcastle, I worry about. Uh, of course, my team and Brighton. Um, Brighton now just came off a huge win against Southampton uh, with a one-two-one away Southampton um, to St Mary's, and that is a huge upset. For, for, like, I don't think nobody was really expecting uh, Southampton, uh, sorry, Brighton to do that. Um, so then I and obviously uh, on. Uh, Saturday, this coming Saturday, at eight o'clock, Brighton play Newcastle United at the Amex, um, at Brighton Stadium, and that really worries me, because you know Brighton are going into that game now with a load of confidence. They've just came off uh, a good victory, away to ho- uh, away from home, and now they're coming back to home to play the team. That uh, they're just above now. They're above us by a point. We were above them. They're now above us by a point. Um, and we are looking in a really poor place, you know. Fulham are just, just below us. They're playing late at home, I believe. Yeah, they're playing late at home. So, Fulham is now going to go in on Friday. So, they go in on Friday, 8 o'clock, and play Leeds. I honestly believe Fulham will win that. I think Fulham are in a really good bit of form. Yes, they lost, uh, but they played Man City, like, you know what I mean? And they lost to Tottenham before the one that beat Liverpool. Um, but again, you know, that Tottenham's a good team and all. But you can tell whenever they went out to Liverpool that they wanted to win. Like, obviously you want to win every game. But they were there to win. They were, weren't accepting a loss. Um, and they looked super strong against Liverpool. And I do think, honestly, that Fulham will be, will be fine. Uh, but I actually, I think, you know, when I stay up, this will be obviously um, a complete different episode um, whenever the season's over. And basically, on, on Fulham, you know, if they do get, if they do stay up, all of our key players are on loan. Um, and we'll go into the key players for each uh, of the teams that we'll be talking about. And those teams that they will be, as I already said, Brighton, Fulham, Southampton, and Newcastle. Only four teams, but the four teams that I think are in real danger. Um, 
but even at that, you know, uh, Bernie as well. I, I'll see what we were going. I wasn't talking about Bernie, but then Bernie came off a good win away from home to Everton. I think they'll be okay. Southampton lost to Brighton, and Southampton were absolutely dreadful. I was watching that match obviously because it involved Brighton, and I had to keep a close eye on Brighton and all. Um, and uh, uh, Brighton were all over Southampton. It was so poor, especially being at home. It simply wasn't good enough. Um, so, and Southampton uh, actually played Burnley the next game, so that's a big game. Well, I suppose it's not really a big game, but both of those teams will be definitely hoping to get a win uh, so they can sort of cement their place away from the relegation zone. Um, but the people, the biggest match of the weekend, well, maybe not the biggest match of the weekend, actually, no. I would say it's the big, biggest match of the weekend. Yeah, I know it is. It's definitely it's the biggest. Yeah, I don't know why I'm doubting myself here. The biggest match of the week. Uh, of the match week will be Newcastle versus Brighton. Um, if you guys like watching slugfests, I would I would I have recommend it to you. If you're a Man City fan, um, or you know top six team and you love attacking football, I would not be watching that match. It'll probably be the most boring match of my life. Well, to be fair, I don't know. You know, like I think both teams will have to go for it. Newcastle more. Um. If I was, I I don't really want to be Steve Bruce, um, the ugly, ugly man. Like, but uh, if I were Steve Bruce, you know, I would, I would try and um, and as a Newcastle fan, you know, I would definitely say we need. I I think if we get an early goal, um, and to be fair, last season the early goals didn't even work for us. Uh, like last season, you would have, I'm sure. Well, not many would have cut, uh, caught on to this, but we did sort of score quite early. Um, but, you know, we that was sort of a regular thing in Newcastle. We would score early, but we'd we'd end up losing the match two one, something like that. Um, but I do honestly because Brighton's yes, our confidence will be up a bit in Southampton, but if we sort, you, I want to sort of send them back to reality, you know, send them back to earth and just uh, go out there, get an early goal, um, and control the game. We need to control Brighton. Um, we need to. Uh, and obviously we'll still have Mancoli will be back from injury which will be fantastic um, he could help us out a lot um, Kraft's been really struggling I'm sure most of you would have saw the Mine Edit match against Newcastle where Marcus Rashford was not making them about six times so, oh, it was awful um, so Mancoli will be back which is good our front three will still be gone and our three best players uh, in Almiron, Maxman and Wilson, um, which is very disappointing. But what can you do? You know, um, I think they were. I think I saw something that Almiron is um, doing really well. Um, he sh- they said he could be back for the Brighton game, but it's a huge. Do- it's a big doubt to be fair. So, and even if he was back, I wouldn't risk him. Um, and uh, yes, it's a huge match, but Almiron is just so important to the team. If he was gone, if you know, there's no point playing for one match, and he wouldn't be to his best performing ability because he's you know still a bit injured. Um, so definitely, I'd keep him. Uh, I'd keep him off it. Uh, I could put him on the bench probably if he was okay. Maybe not even on the bench, but um, I'd do that. And then, 
Um, obviously, international breaks going after that, so they'll definitely. I think the pl- uh, the the plan is that Wilson, Maxman, uh, Will Amram will be back. Uh, bef- after the uh, the international break, Amron should should be back. Wilson and Maxman, hopefully. Um, but here we're gonna move on now to the key stats because usually, usually uh, these episodes last me fifteen minutes. Um, and we'll start off with Brighton. So. I'm just going to look at what um, seems to be the key players for Brighton, okay? Um, you see here, so I'm going to go, so basically I'm on this website uh, called Who Scored, and it tells the written all, definitely recommend Who Scored if you're into like statistics and all like that, definitely check them out. Um, but Solly March, now if you watched... Uh, the last episode, the 11 most underrated players in the Premier League, uh, where me and you, and, you know, took 11 players we thought were very underrated and all. Um, Solly March I had in my shortlist uh, to be in. Um, I think he's, you know, he's a key player for Brighton, I, I believe. Um, I'm not going to go, I don't think I'm going to go too much into even stats, to be fair. Um, but offensively, you know, he makes 1.3 key passes per game. He does like, try, try and uh, like a few dribbles and 2.1 dribbles per game. Um, he gets dispossessed 1.1 times per game. Um, and he's had two goals and one assist. So, you know, and he, he plays midfield, I think. But he also played left-back, I think, a few times. To be honest, as, like, you know, defensive stats, he's up there, so he is. He makes 2.3 tackles per game, which is, you know, decent for a midfielder. Um, he makes one one interceptions uh, per game. He makes uh one point two falls per game, one clearances per game. So, and he only gets throws past zero point eight times per game. So he's not a bad player, and he's still quite young. I believe so much. I'm not quite sure of his age. Um, I think he he's twenty six actually. Yeah. So he's obviously not super young, but um, you know he's young enough. Um, I think he's a very key player for Brighton. I think he's an amazing sort of player. Will be he'll be with Brighton his entire career, or at least for most of it. Um, um, or maybe you know, the uh, likes of a, a team that stays up. And like I think a Burnley would probably sign Solly March. You know, if Brighton do go down, I think Solly March would be a player Burnley would probably bring in. Um, because he's a good player, and it's clear to see that. Uh, some other shoutouts has got a Basuma. Basuma was in the eleven. Which we don't know. Uh, underrated players. He he was in Ewan's team. Oh, sorry, but Thursday. Um, you he was in Ewan's team. Um, we I'm not gonna get too much into him because we talk about him, or do we talk about him? <laughs> um, but we did mention him, and he's a very very key player. I'm only 24 years of age. He's not too old. Um, and he's made he's one of their most. He's played most. Uh, he's one of those players who have played the most in the team. Um, he's played 2,214 minutes, you know, so, I definitely a key player. And then, I'm going to mention Lewis Donk, I think I'll finish up with Lewis Donk. Well, I've got Lewis Donk, you know, we all know he's he's a great centre-back. He, like, well, maybe great's a bit of a, you know, stretch, but I think Brighton fans would say he's a very good centre-back. He's very, I feel like he's consistent. Um, obviously I don't watch Brighton, but I feel like he is quite consistent. Um, and he does his job. And at 29 years of age, you can't really ask for too much, you know. Uh, you can't ask him, you know, to be going around and doing wondrous things. So, 
Um, no, Lewis Dog, definitely a good wee player. Um, Joe Vel- uh, Veltman is another one. Um, again, he's 29. He seems to be, he's had an average rate in a 6.83. Um, and yes, you may say, and Messi may be thinking to yourself, that's not that good. But you will see, you know, like Sally March was 7.07. That is really good. Like, that is really good. Um, so being in the six, uh, sixes and more towards the, more towards, uh, the 6.6 and above is actually pretty good. Um, and uh, Joel Vettman is 6.83 average rating. He's pl- he seems to be play- he seems to be sort of a general starter for the team, making you know uh, 100 sorry 1743 minutes. Um, yeah, he does and he does seem to be a key enough player. Pascal Grob is another one. He's up there with Webster. Leonardo Trossard, very interesting player. I actually rate him quite highly. I feel like he's actually a very talented player. But I think last season, more than this season, he was a lot better. Like last season, he was. I think quite a few people were talking about him, going, "Oh, this guy's got a lot of talent." Um, he's definitely quiet down loads. I'm not sure if he was entered for it, but he could have been. But he does seem to be playing a decent amount of minutes in. You know, uh, he's played a uh, thousand nine hundred and nineteen minutes, so he doesn't seem to be a key enough player. But um, he uh, he definitely uh, has been struggling a bit more. So that's all for Brighton. Now we're going to move on to Fulham, who are obviously in the bottom three. But I do believe by Friday night. Saturday morning, they will not. I do think they will beat Leeds, and then Newcastle will drop in, which will probably scare the life out of Newcastle, unfortunately, and they'll probably end up losing to Brighton. But uh, Fulham, and you will see here, you know, all the sort of players uh, like we mentioned. We've mentioned Fulham loads in this channel, to be fair, uh, probably a bit more than what we should. But we do mention, you know. The players that they have on loan are very key to them. Uh, as you see here, Admola Lukman is their number one, as tied with uh, Anguissa, who again, who's also actually three. Their their fir- their first three players are in um, the underrated players, which I find interesting. Um, which is Anguissa, Lukman, Anderson, I had. Lickman as a... I'm actually going to... I think I've got my paper here. Yeah, I'll tell you. So, um, I had Lickman down as a potential person going into the team. Didn't put him in, though. Um, but you put in Anguise in his team. And I did put in uh, Anderson in my team. Joachim Anderson. I think he's been very, very good for Fulham. And I think, you know, if Fulham don't step, I do think I, do th- I think they will. I think they will definitely try and get by him, and it'd be a great buy for him. I think Leon would be willing to get, get rid of him, but after Leon seeing, like, obviously it doesn't reflect how good he's been playing, you know, but he is a, like, if it wasn't for him, and like, Eric likes Ariel and all that, and Iana, um, in defence, they, they, they would be struggling, and I mean, I'm, I'm talking Sheffield United struggling, um, so, definitely big ups to them. Uh, Lukman, sorry, yeah, so, um, Joaquim Anderson, by the way, has got a 
6.86 average rating. Lukman and Anguisa have 7. 7.00 rating. Um, and Lukman has played at 2,190 minutes. So he's a very key player. Um, as you can tell, you know, all their, like, um, all the lone players have played loads and loads of minutes. Um, so I think you'd see how important they are with those lone players. And I'm not going to get into Fulham too much because, you know, there will be probably a, uh, what do you call it? So far the season episode on them. Um, but for now, Fulham, I think they'll be okay. So I won't go into too much detail on them. And that means next we have Southampton. Southampton, um, as you probably on a as you're probably uh, not too surprised, James Ward Price has been their most uh sorry, just like right there. Uh their most valuable player sorry not maybe not valuable, but their most uh average rating player. It was seven point ten rating per um averaged. Uh I'm not really too surprised. He's had seven goals and five assists, which is actually very good for a centre midfielder. Most of them are probably from penalties and free kicks to be fair. Um, but, you know, he is a very key player, um, and if they were to go down, he'd probably be one player, I believe. Yannick Vestergaard is number two. Um, oh, sorry, I just want to mention quickly, nobody's played more minutes than James Ward-Prowse. He has played, like, nearly every game, I think. Like, I don't know, let me see, let me see the table again. So, Southampton have played 29 games in the Premier League. Right? James Ward-Prowse has made 29 appearances. He's played 2,610 minutes. He's been vital, James Ward-Prowse. Sorry, to Southampton. And that's clear. And then Vestergaard, as I said, um, he's made loads of minutes as well in 1,845. Um, he has an average of 7.09. Ariel's won. He's made 3.6 Ariel's won per game. Just like, I mean, he's an absolute man mountain, so he is. Um, and he's, again, a super player. Uh, I, I, I rate, though. I think Vestergaard's a great player as well. Um, and, I mean, having him up in corners, you know, what else can you wish for? Um, I suppose you could wish for Sushek. Or, of course, the, the literal icon of this podcast in the Siege Tower, which is, of course, Paul Abair on a two. If you don't know who he is, look him up, because... Oh, he's an absolute legend. I can't remember what episode he was in. He might have been in one of the... F- he was in one of the first who scored. I think he might have been in the West Ham. Yeah, he was. He was in the West Ham so far this season. So if you haven't seen that already, make sure you do. Because, oh my days, he's an absolute legend on the channel. Um, So make sure you check uh, him out. I think he's six, six foot seven. He looks um a bit like Frankenstein. Um, he, 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 yeah, no, he actually looks like Shrek, he looks like Shrek, yeah, he looks like a, a mix of Shrek and Frankenstein, um, he, um, he's a Nigerian Shrek, there you go, he is, all oh my days, but he's, um, based, probably weighs about 300 pounds as well, he's an absolute man mountain, but we aren't here to talk about him, we're here to talk about Southampton, and Newcastle, and Freedom, and Brighton, but Southampton, uh, Danny Ainge is obviously a very vital player, as well, he has not as bad, a good of a season as he probably did last season, but we all, I'm not going to talk about that because we all know how important he is to them. Oriel Romeo is still up there, um, 
in his old age of 29. Um, and that's not too surprising, is it? You know, uh, he's made 20 appearances, so he's been, you know, he's been there, in and there. Out, sorry, in and, in and out, should I say. Um, and I think he's just a, you know, a solid player. You know, there's no other way to put him, he's just a solid player. Uh, Kyle Walker-Peters is a, you know, a, a good, is a very good fullback. Um, he only is 23. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him, to be honest. Um, I think, I think eventually he will leave Southampton. And go to uh, a different team. I'd, I'd probably say like a, I think he probably would move to like another mid-table club. But one that's sort of pushing for Europa League. Um, or at least maybe he's like cracking top 10, as in, you know, 8th to 10th, you know. Um, like if I even look at the table, I could probably tell you. Um, like, I'm, yeah, like I, was, I literally just saw the perfect one nearly. Like an Aston Villa would be nice. Uh, now, to be fair, sorry, or, uh, like to be honest, you know, Aston Villa have Matty Cash and uh, Target, who've been one of their best players, have been one of their most instrumental players as well, to be honest. Um, I actually think Arsenal could be a good shot for him. Because um, I think Arsenal will get back on track. And Kyle Walker-Peters could be a player that could definitely help. Uh, they've got, right, they've got obviously Hector Bell in and all, but I don't know if he still starts. He probably does. Um, uh, but Hector Bell are in. He's a wee bit older now, isn't he? I think he might be 28, something like that. So Walker-Peters could come in as a super sub and then eventually make his way in the first team. Um, or even at Liverpool to replace Trent. Now am I joking? Um, we already did a a, a a so far season episode on Liverpool. And we explained the whole Trent thing. Uh, so definitely, definitely check that out because that's a very interesting episode. Um, so yeah, uh, that is really all Southampton have the offer. To be honest, um, I I actually don't think Southampton are great. I think they've got some decent players. But besides that, they are lost. Like when it comes to quality in the team, there, there's there's nothing there, you know. Um, Mohamed Salisu is always a player I admired. I thought Salisu would be a good centre back. Uh, he's probably played at all for them. Um, but that's, that's I understand he's twenty one, and to be fair, their two their you know their two centre backs are probably two of their best players. And Jan Benrak and Vesser Jan Benrak is also up there with six point seven three average rating. Um, and he has played uh, uh, nine more games than uh, Vestergaard, so he he's also a very key player. Um, but yeah, no, that's really all from Southampton. And that then leaves us with uh, Newcastle United, my team. I don't even know why I'm in their stats because I know myself he's the better players. There's nothing much up in Newcastle either to be honest. Uh, when it comes to key players in my opinion, Cal Wilson obviously um, has to be up there. Uh, you know he scored 10 goals, 5 assists, 21 games and you know what's that 15 goal contributions in 21 games. That's, that's good but like it's not like, I rave about him all the time, and it's not, like, world-class, but you have to understand, he's playing in such a team which plays such negative football. So, 
he, I think, and, and again, we talk about this, he's in also in the uh, most underrated players. Um, and, you know, I have him as my striker. And it's simply because he, he's so prolific. Sorry, not prolific. Clinical. He is super duper clinical. There's no way I put it. You know, you give him a chance, he's mostly going to put it away. Yes, there's the all time. Like, if you ever, he's had, I think he had like a string of like four per games. That's about it. And then he got injured for a while. And you remember, he's been injured as well. So he's been quite unlucky with um in that sense. He's actually been injured three times, I believe, since Bruce um has been here, which is not good. Uh, luckily, the first two weren't as severe as this one. Um, this is a shame that his injury came the same time as this, as the other two people that we're going to talk about here. And I'll say Maxman, who is actually the number one on, on who scored. They say he's the most influential uh, player uh, with 6.95 average rating. Um, and I would agree, to be fair. I, I actually, the other person I'm going to say is our best player, in my opinion, and recently. I think a lot of Newcastle fans would agree with me on that. Um, but Amron, sorry, uh, Maxim's only made 12 appearances with two goals and three assists, and that's okay. But Maxman, it's a problem with Maxman, he's one of those players where he's very frustrating, as in, like, one game he will be amazing. There's no way, like, there's no way, he will be incredible. You, you will simply not be able to stop him. But there will be other days where he is god-awful. You know, he, he will struggle to literally pass the ball three yards. Um, which is the one problem with Maxman. Um, and unfortunately, those power games, I think, come away a bit more than his, than his good games. But the thing is with Maxman is that you have to play him because even if he is having a bad game, literally all it takes is a wee fl- uh, flick of a switch and he's bang. He scores a goal from like 40 yards out. No, it's maybe a bit of exaggeration, 30 yards out then. You know, or he'll, he'll get a great assist. You know, he, he just says that sort of player, he turns it on. Um, the next one I'd have to talk about is, in my eyes, the best. Miggy Almiron. What a legend this man is. M- Miguel Almiron. Again, he's in my most underrated 11 team. I actually have quite a few of them. Uh, how many How many new players do I have? One, two, three, four. Yeah, I've got four Newcastle players in underrated 11, but to be fair, Newcastle, they have a lot of underrated players. Um, and Almiron is definitely one. Um, Almiron is a superb player. He's made 18 appearances, 4 goals, 1 assist. Again, it doesn't look like much, but you have to watch him to understand how good he is. Um, and he's a bit, he can be a bit like Maxman when he have a bad game, but recently he's been incredible. Promise, the thing I realise with Almiron is that Almiron won't have a bad game. He'll have a bad half of a season. You know, like it's... Or well, actually a bit of a stretch. He'll have a, he'll have a bad, like, ten games. But the only good thing is, is that... He'll make up for it in having a good 15 games afterwards. Um, and I mean, those 15 games, he really is... Our most influential player. And he's been phenomenal recently. Um, I cannot rate him highly enough. Isaac Hayden is also my most underrated uh, 11 team. This is obviously from the last day. And the reason is because I think he's absolutely he's amazing. I think he's... You'll be saying as much of a stretch, but truthfully, in my opinion, I do believe he is one of the best centre-defensive midfielders in the league. Obviously, I'm not saying he's like way up there, you know, with the likes of uh, Kante, 
I can't think of anyone at this time. Um, Rodri, uh, Fabinho, uh, and Didi. You know, you know my point. Um, but I do think he's definitely up there. Definitely top ten, hundred percent. Uh, I say like he's sort of like on par, like he's like a similar level. Declan Rice, sort of, you know, there. Um, I think Declan Rice is, is always going to get the start ahead of him because Declan Rice is younger. Declan Rice is definitely a better passer. Um, Sammy Beller just came in. Um, but I, I, he's such a good tackler. He really, you know, he is such a good tackler. I think he's one of the best tackers in the league. And I'm not now. That's now. That's not me saying. saying he's top. 10. I'm saying he's top five. He's phenomenal when it comes to the tackling. Um, and this is going to be a huge, huge shock. But recently, well, I can't say he's been amazing. Like, but he's actually up there, which is quite surprising. Top six, Joe Linton. Joe Linton is sixth place in the list. Um, with six point eight one rating. I just think he's really good. Like, <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but recently, and if any of fan disagrees with me, you must be watching a different game, mate, because past two games, you know, um, he, he's he been playing so well, like, he's the only one, obviously, obviously he's filling in for, you know, Wilson and Almiron and Maxman, don't know what sort of formation he's playing, he sort of plays everywhere, but he... He's actually, I really rate him. I really, really, really rate him. And the problem is now is that you look at our. We I guess the problem that Gus and I have is that we've got good attackers, but not n- nothing good anything else. Other than keeper, I think I've got we've got two superb keepers in Debravka and Darlow. There's no question. I think when it comes to contesting for a goalkeeper spot, no one comes closer. I don't even think De Gea. And Dean Henderson come closer to contesting. Debravka and Darler are fin- are both amazing, and they're both net on par with each other when it comes to being uh, like goalkeeping. But I think Debravka does get the edge because Debravka is you know he's more experienced. Um, I feel like he's a bit of a better leader. He's able to command his defence a bit better. Um, and I love Darler a bit. I really do. If it wasn't for him, we'd be relegated. But Debravka, I just. <sighs> You have to understand, like, he was so, so good last season. He was vital. Um, and I think he does offer to set this big leadership role. Um, unfortunately, he wish Darrell doesn't. Um, but that's really it about Newcastle. Also, Kieran Clark, honorable, is like an honourable mention. Um, he, he's very consistent defender. Fabian Shard started playing very well until he got injured as well. So... Um, Yep, and obviously Jeff Hendricks absolutely is absolutely phenomenal. Jeff Hendricks best player. That I'm joking. Jeff Hendrick can die in the hole. He is awful. Um, Ryan Fraser's uh, there's Ryan Fraser. That's interesting one. That's as I was say with our front. You know, like we've got Wilson, Almiron, uh, Maxman, Fraser, Joe Linton. You know, those five players have all been. Well, like, if you look at all those five, those five players are of extreme quality, and even Jonathan, we all know, like, you know, he costs 40 million. He ha- he is a good player, and, you know, so- somebody does not cost 40 million if they're not a good player. It's simple facts. Like, every player who makes it in press football, they're good players. That's actually the simple truth. You can't say no one's bad, I guess. Unless it's Jeff Hendrick, you can't say he's bad. But what I'm saying is that, you know, 
he, Jonathan is, I think he has got a lot of quality, he just hasn't quite unleashed it at Newcastle. Um, but, you know, with that front five, like, it's going to be very hard for people to get places. And Ryan Fraser, I think the only way he's going to get to the way he was playing at Bournemouth is if he's playing with Cal Wilson. That's not going to happen. Um, whenever Maxman and Almiron is there. Um, and it's going to be a bit of a struggle. It's gonna, it is. It's going to be a bit of a struggle. Uh, but all we can do really is just hope that... Um, we can find, I honestly think that there's a decent chance a player... I don't think anyone will be getting sold, but I actually do believe that um, for the likes of, uh, I, I I could imagine like I actually think a maximum would probably end up leaving the team. Maybe probably maybe not in the summer because he's been injured and all. Uh, but maybe say like maybe next January. I don't know what I'm really saying to be honest anymore. But all I'm saying is you know that top five, you know those positions are very much contested. I don't want to see Fraser or Jonathan rot on the bench. Jonathan's very young. We don't know Fraser can have a lot of quality, so it's if he won. But we aren't here about that. We're here about again the table. This has been the relegation roundup uh, for this episode. Um, we'll be back next Tuesday <coughs> or Monday. This is the Monday I'm recording it. I don't know if it's going to come out tonight or tomorrow morning. I'll probably do it post up tonight. Um, let it settle and then. Tomorrow morning I'll be there. You can all listen away to it. Um, but for this episode, I think it really is just whether if Fulham can keep up the form, if Newcastle can start form, and if Brighton can keep up their momentum after getting a big win, and if Southampton cannot lose a game. If they can actually, even if they start drawing, they'll be better. Like, they've just lost, like, I mean, let me see, 3rd of March, lost to, let me see, well, I can't whip it up, damn it. Boom, lost 3-0 to Leeds on the 23rd of February, lost 1-0 to Everton on the 1st of March, beat Sheffield um, on the 6th of March, got beat by Man City 5-2 on the 10th of March, and, of course, lost um, to Brighton. On the 14th of March. So you know. They really are struggling. Um, and the only one was against Sheffield. And that's what. You know. At Sheffield. Um, uh, and yes. They've had. I suppose they have had a, a different. A difficult strain of games. Leeds. They should, they should not get a beat through. You know. By Leeds. They should, like, when it comes to Leeds. You have to be scoring goals. Because Leeds plays are so attacking. That it leaves a lot of gaps. Um, so Southampton should have. Should have. Uh, at least scored. In that game. And it's very disappointing. Um. Uh, so I worry about Southampton. I really do. Newcastle, we haven't had a win in for ages. Got beat by Chelsea, obviously. No, this is uh in that Chelsea one. That was our. So just before that, those that that Chelsea game, we were in really good form. That's never Graham Jones came in, and he was phenomenal. But um, so that's never sort of. It was, a minute. it was yeah. That's never everyone got injured in that game, um, and in the train afterwards, uh, and then that minor game we got beat three one, um, and then we drew against Wolves, drew against West Brom, which is awful, and drew against Aswell. And now, if you look at those three fixtures, they had to be wins. Wolves we should have beat. We should have beat Wolves. We had to beat Wolves. We're at home, and 
yes, at that time we didn't know we had to, but now you're looking back and you're going, that is just wasted points. Uh, West Brom, now, to be fair, and Wales, we should have won. Wales did not deserve that, in my opinion. They got very lucky. Uh, West Brom, 0-0, one of the worst matches I've ever seen in my life. Newcastle, Aston Villa, we should have won again. We got quite unlucky. To be fair, Aston Villa, they played... It was a boring match as well, to be fair, but we should, we should have won. I think most Aston Villa fans will know that they had their chances, but so did we. Ours were arguably a lot better chances. But again, that's that sort of struggle without Wilson uh, to be there to put them away. Um, and to be fair, I wasn't even doing the chances were falling to. They were falling to the likes of um, uh, Dwight Gale. Well, maybe not. That wasn't so much Dwight Gale. It was more like Fraser and all, I guess. It's actually falling a lot to our midfielders. Um, but, yeah, so it will be very tight. We all know that. Make sure you stay tuned uh, for that Brighton Newcastle match. That'll be a big match. Um, and make sure you stay tuned off, uh, on the po- podcast, guys. Um, you know, we'll be uh, this so far this season episode will be coming out this Wednesday. It will either be my United or West or Wolves. Wolves will be very interesting. I already have some transfers in my head. I think I've already got the perfect transfer. Um, so uh, Wolves is a very interesting one. It should be interesting. Um, I just wonder, uh, if that, sorry if that was one doesn't go through, that'll be very interesting. We'll try and get my United, we just need to get, uh, Luke, who's a friend of mine, um, to come on to the podcast, um, and give us some, you know, we'll talk about it, but like the way the Man City one was, um, so yeah, no, guys, make sure you are, stay tuned on Wednesday, love you all the bits, um, appreciate the support well to be fair the channel's only started but even you know me and you were saying even just seeing you know the few of you listening um throughout the world you know i saw germany <laughs> like three percent of our listeners are from germany so i mean up to germany that did not sound great did it um 70 something percent were from america like so i mean america must be wanting to get into Football, should say soccer for them, but to be fair, that's probably why there's so many. Because it's called the football bunch, and they're probably thinking, you know, American football. Um, not quite, lads. Sorry about that. Um, and of course, there's like a sort twenty odd percent from the UK. God save the Queen. Um, no guys, but thanks for all your support. Um, what really want me and you and I've got you know big dreams for this channel to really grow. Um and you know obviously I'm a teenager. You'll be moving away. You'll be going to university abroad. We're well, going to be moving to England, but you know still moving to Liverpool. Um and that leaves me all here by myself. But we will still, I promise, we will still uh, produce content for you. Um uh even whenever that does happen, I'll um I'm looking forward to everything because I've got. A few goals. I'm be moving not out of my house. Well, then I am out of my house, but I'm actually gonna be moving into our garage. We're gonna all set up. I've got, we've got quite a big garage, um, and I'm I'm in the smallest room there as possible. Um, so I'm looking forward to moving the garage, and I've got loads of ideas. I'm gonna have like a nice reset for the podcast, and if this podcast does grow, we'd like to make a wee YouTube channel out of it. You know, um, create some social medias all out of it. So that is all up to you. And if you do support the channel. You know, listen to uh, every episode as much as you can. We really do appreciate it. And I'm going to end this perfectly at 40 minutes. So, love you guys. Peace.
Bye from me. Edit the football bunch. Goodbye.